What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another edition of the Sick Podcast, Talking Titans. We got a lot of stuff to get into. Uh, I've been back. I've been gone the last few shows, so I'll, I'll dip into some of the stuff about the first preseason game. We have a fantastic returning guest. A uh, lot to get. A lot to get into this week. Can't wait to do it. Uh, Shane, why don't you start me up? Turn up your volume. Your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. Talking Titans. Ladies and gentlemen, 94 yards. Touchdown, Titans! He is the baddest man in the NFL! And he just took her to the house! The Sickest Tennessee Titans Podcast. Sick! It's gonna be sick. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the Sick Podcast, Talking Titans. I'm joined, as always, with my two co-hosts, Jared and Vin. Fellas, how are you doing tonight? Doing good. It's good to have you back, Salvatore. I never thought I'd say those words, but, you know, it is It is good to have you back. Yeah. It's good to have both of you back since I held it down on Saturday where Adam rank after the game. Yeah. So. You did. You did. You did. It's good to be back. It's good to elevate the uh, the good looks on the show uh, to the next tier because they were they were a little bit low the last few weeks. So glad to get those numbers back up. Uh, got an excellent excellent guest. I don't want to waste any time bringing him on. Uh, we've had him on before. All you guys know him. He's the ESPN cover uh, reporter for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, he's also on uh, ESPN Radio, Mister Teron Davenport. TD, how are you doing uh, tonight? Hey, I'm doing really well, man. Out here in Minnesota, we got joint practices starting tomorrow. So I say, you know what? I'll come out here and start playing. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm sure baseball is a lot more fun out there than it is uh, in in our area over in New Jersey with the Yankees and Mets, an absolute disaster. So. Uh, Speak for yourself. Some... The Phillies are eleven games over five hundred. Yeah, well, nobody gives a damn about them. But uh, nevertheless, Teron, thanks so so much for joining us. Uh, let's just jump right into it. Um, I think it's easy to say that one of the uh, best storylines so far of this offseason for the Titans, at least as it pertains to training camp and our first preseason game, is the improvement of Malik Willis uh, from where he ended his season last year uh, and, and what he's been able to do um, in training camp and, and, the, and the way he's been going through his progressions in the rec, uh, in the preseason game we just witnessed. Um, you know, obviously you're really close to this situation. What can you attest, at least from your visual, uh, this, this big leap forward that he's taken uh, from the end of last year till now? Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the connection's super choppy, TD. We might have to uh, reschedule you for, for, for a day that we can get you on and uh, get a little better Wi-Fi. We'll, we'll work on trying to get him back in here. Obviously, if we cannot, we'll do our best to get Tehran uh, back on for another show, if not later on tonight. So um, well, we're going to keep trucking along regardless. Like I said at the beginning of the show, um, I haven't been on since our first preseason game. The two of you have been on and – of course. Well, actually, no, Vin hasn't been on since the game, but Jarrett did a, a little post game with Adam Rank, which is awesome. So we can certainly uh, indulge everyone on our thoughts on that game a little bit more. Uh, Vin, why don't you start us off? I mean, obviously, like myself, I don't I think you were 
kind of busy with doing your best to watch a game throughout the day, yeah. right? But yeah. from what you saw and then afterwards on highlights, what were your first impressions of the performances? Um, you know, <clears throat> we'll see when the short comes out. You know, I talked about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, I think your boy Malik Willis looked a lot better than any Titans fan had anticipated. He looked way more comfortable than he did last year. Um I think they might keep him now. You know, I, I was talking about maybe them trading him, uh, showcasing him in the preseason to see if they can fetch a late round pick. But I think as time goes on, they might try and develop him. And if Tannehill isn't here next year, it could be a, um, you know, best man win situation between him and, and Will Levis. Levis looked decent as well. You know, he had that one really bad interception at the end. Um, but my bright spot of the game, two players I want to shout out. Tajay Spears, who I've been a fan of since the night we drafted him, looks like we finally found the perfect, um, you know, one-two punch with with him and Henry. We tried to do it for a few years, Deion Lewis, um, other players, but it didn't really work out, and I think we got our guy. He looked really great in space. He had that nice stiff arm on, uh, I believe, Eddie Jackson it was, uh, pro bowler, cornerback. So he looked great. Uh, Jared and I's boy, Caleb Murphy, uh, showed up and showed out, and I think he's on his way to making the 53. Um, so there were some good things, some bad things. The line um, definitely struggled. Uh, we were under duress all day, it seemed, no matter what who the quarterback was. And um, the kicking game, we'll, we'll touch on it later. I'm kind of fed up with um, us trying to throw these young guys in there to find, you know, which one could be our kicker of the future. I want a kicker right now. I want Robbie Gold right now. I want a veteran Right now, um, I don't want Caleb Shudok or Trey Wolf who missed a 40-something yard field goal. Um, so there are some things to get excited about, some things to be worried about. Um, but overall, uh, it was, um, you know, some inspiring things from that game. So that's kind of my synopsis of the uh, the game. So, yeah, I mean, listen, yeah, um, not to, not- not to, okay, my, my bad. So let me let me just let me just get in, involved in this a little bit because I was on with Adam Rank on Saturday after the game a little bit, and I didn't get to talk about the offensive line because I taped the game, I rewatched the game, and I watched the first series with our first offensive line, and they pushed the pile. So um, I was very impressed with that as the first preseason game. See what they do against Minnesota, especially with a joint practice. But uh, I was it was very encouraging for the first team offensive line uh, on Saturday Saturday day. But um, another one to stand out with the offensive line was um, Jalen Duncan. He got exposed a little bit with uh, Tajay Gibson, but uh, he anchored pretty well um, as a backup. So he could be definitely a swing. Um, tackle whether it be left tackle or right tackle because I know I know that's how what he was predominantly at Maryland so um he really stood out to me and also obviously uh on the back end with Caleb Murphy man the guy is he's going to be something special with that rotation on the edge and I can't wait to see him play on Sundays for us yeah so you know unfortunately um because I was I was playing golf uh and you know I was, I was surprised by a friend of mine so I couldn't really turn him down I wasn't able to watch the game live from start to finish um, it was believe very tough, as I'm sure everyone can imagine. I was very excited to see these two guys play quarterback. Um, but I did my best to try to watch the game from the cart. And then obviously I tried to watch as many different kind of highlight clips as I could. Um, you know, so I, I didn't really get an in-depth view realistically on a lot of the defensive players that we saw uh, in this game that we just saw. But I was able to get a good glimpse at the 
offensive line, and they were obviously a disaster. Now, there were a lot of players that aren't going to be playing regularly come week one. I get all of that. Um, but, you know, we were supposed to harp on all offseason depth at um, offensive line. And <laughs> as of right now, it doesn't appear that we have a lit, even the smallest bit of depth still. And um, we're going against Chicago's second defense, I'm pretty sure, even though their first offense lead, I don't know if their second, their first defense play too. I'd have to check that, so don't don't quote me on that. But uh, regardless, it, it just wasn't enough, wasn't enough at all. I don't want to go to tangent on that. Let's get that better, real briefly on the quarterback. Um, you know, the Levis, or I'm sorry, the Malik Willis interception at first, I was like, Wiley, come on, bro. Like, really, dude, you're six seven, you got to make that catch. I watched a lot of tape on that play. It was a really high ball, and it was really fast, too. So a little bit more blame needs to be put on Malik on that throw. And he, had, and he had a very clean pocket not to cut you off with no one in front of him. Had, could have had time to set his feet and, um, you know, yeah. labor it in there to his to his numbers, not, you know, rush it and, and, and throw it off his back foot over his head. Yeah, he had all the time in the world. Uh, and, and, and with that kind of protection, with a, you know, a any receiver that wide open, you cannot turn the ball over on that side of the field. So that's something that absolutely needs to get corrected immediately because we can't have those things happening on Sundays if he is going to be the starting, starting quarterback moving forward. Uh, with the Levis thing, yeah, it was a horrible pick, absolutely horrible pick. I think sometimes he focused a little bit on being flashy with his mechanics rather than just getting the ball in there, um, you know, which I'm sure long-term might be good once yeah, rookie mistake together. Uh, and I still think there's a chance that maybe there was some kind of miscommunication with the receiver. I mean, no one was in the fucking area that throw. No, um, except four bears. That's it. Yeah, yeah. so we'll <laughs> yeah. have to see. I'm not going to crucify the kid right away. Uh, the main focus right now is Malik Willis because it looks evident at this point that he is going to be the backup, and it is no longer a bona fide – um conclusion that Will Levis is in the is on deck to be the quarterback. Well, I mean, let's see. There's 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 two more preseason games. So I mean we'll, we'll see. They they're gonna battle it out. Who knows? Malik Wills can have a shit game against the Vikings this week and Will Levis can, you know, climb the depth chart. You know, it is what it is. Yeah. It's a battle. It's like Vince said, it's a battle that that they have to prove themselves. So it's yeah. good for us. And it's a great problem. Forward. Yeah, and take everything you see in these preseason games with a grain of salt. I mean, you look at all the rookie quarterbacks across the NFL. I believe uh, Will Levis actually might have statistically had the best game. I know C.J. Stroud was awful. Anthony Richardson threw an interception, I believe, on his first pass. So, you know, these kids are fresh out of college. It was their first, you know, time in game action in the NFL. You had to think there was a little bit of nerves. Family were probably there for them as well, so – Sure, they had a lot on their mind. I'm not. I'm not taking it to heart, but right now it seems like Willis is, is would give us a better chance to win. Should we need to, um, you know, have a backup play? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean you, know, you don't. Good, good, Jared. Good. No, they they um like Mike Verbal said on uh, on Monday. What he did was they went they alternated the quarterback just to, to get them fresh. You know, God forbid they have to go into a game, so they wanted to come off the bench constantly. So this week it could be Malik going from first quarter to second quarter to halftime, and then Will Levis from the third to the fourth. So you'll actually see them consistently on four straight drives, five straight drives, whatever it is. So maybe we'll get a little better look, you know, yeah. game wise what the, what they'll what they'll have moving forward. So no, I was thinking the same thing too. It's hard for a quarterback to stay consistent when they're taking every other series off. You know, you almost feel like you should give one the first half and one the second half. 
and see how they do because for a quarterback to be coming off and on the field, you really don't allow them to get in a rhythm per se, which, you know, not making excuses, but could have had something to do with both Will Levis's and Malik Willis's interceptions as well. So, yeah, I mean, listen, the bottom line is though, you know, we can't uh, leave out the fact that we need to see some starting time next, the next game. I mean, we only have three preseason games as off as, as as incredibly nervous as I am, as every Titans fan is every year about the injury bug. Um, we need to see Ryan Tannehill get some snaps in this next game. We need to see uh, DeAndre Hopkins with pads on running a route here and there. I personally think that it needs to happen just a little bit because uh, I'm I'm really against just throwing the guys out there week one, week one, absolutely ice cold without any live reps. I don't think that's a good idea, and. The majority of the NFL doesn't think that's a great idea. If you've seen, you know, the Bears, Justin Fields, DJ Moore running down the sideline. I mean, that is their whole team, those two guys. So uh, yeah. I'd like to see them get some reps. <laughs> There's a chance they won't, but, you know, we'll yeah, see. I think, I think, I think Vrabel's going to save it against the Patriots um, at home, too, so that they can play on the field for the first time since we got new turf or whatever that that grass is at Nissan Stadium. So just to get their feet wet before we actually play there in in two weeks after we play the Patriots. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, we'll see. But you're right. There, there was really nobody that stood out as far as rookie quarterbacks concerned. You can make an argument that Dorian Thompson-Robinson was the best rookie QB that that's played in the first week of the NFL in the preseason with the Browns. I mean, he had a really good performance. I think he, Well, I think they have two games under their belt already because they, the, they were in the opener. But, uh, you know, it, it's, it's so early. It's way too early to tell anything about Will Levis. Uh, it's not too early to say anything about uh, Malik Willis, and it's nothing but positive right now. So outside of that throw, that could have been a little bit lower. But uh, moving forward briefly, as far as the running back is concerned, I feel like this, the, the Titans always have great rushing performances in the, in the preseason. Like every single year, whether it be Chestnut – or the guy last year, um, whose name I'm going to forget, who played here and there. Uh, what the hell was the guy's name? He like, broke his Hilliard? broke his leg. No, 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 no. The other guy, really short, big dude. Um, I'm gonna, I'll have to look it up while while one of you guys is going on. But regardless, Tajay Spears looked excellent. Um, the shiftiness is out of this world. You know, the the Camara comps that I threw out there are looking more and more like it. it it's going to be you know very good. Um, he's just a, he's a shifty dude with a knack mm-hmm. of getting the football. So it's great to see. I'm so excited to see him on Sundays. Um, and obviously the defense was, a, was nothing to write home about, but you know, look at the list of guys that didn't play. So, you know, if you're going to complain about what this team's going to be long-term when 80% of our defensive stars didn't even touch the turf. So, uh, that'd be, that wouldn't be very intelligent. So, Although it does seem like we lack some depth at the cornerback position. Yes. I was going to bring it up earlier and, you know, echo what you said a month or so ago, where you said this secondary could go one of two ways. We stay healthy, our second and third and fourth year guy take a huge step forward and we're an elite secondary. Or we struggle here and there. God forbid we get an injury. And um it, they they took a, I mean the first play of the game, DJ Moore took it to the house. I think there was a block in the back on that play, but you know, regardless, that's something that, you know, shouldn't happen. You know, yeah, so. especially I, I I touched on that with Adam Rank. Two screens, Vrabel probably ripped into them on yeah. Monday because that's unacceptable. Two two straight uh, offensive series, and you get two screens. I know Justin Fields was rolling to his left, and he found Herbert for a touchdown, and he made his way. But still, it's unacceptable. But the Titans did bring in uh, Ronald Darby 
I seen that. I don't know if you guys saw that as well uh, for a workout. So obviously the cornerback position and the outside cornerback specifically is a, uh, a need and uh, a want, obviously. So uh, we'll see what happens with that. But Darby, you know, he's a flashy, flashy um, little pickup. It would be well, nothing, nothing spectacular. Yeah, but no. uh, it's, be- no, it's better than what we have with Trey Avery and everybody well, else. Hey, 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 Trey Avery, Rutgers finest had an interception. Yeah, I mean, literally, I think a guy, I think, uh, what's his name? The guy in the wheelchair, the 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 genius guy. What's his name? Who talks with the Stephen Hawking? Stephen Hawking's gonna make yeah. that interception. I mean, it was literally right in his freaking face. But no, still, still, yeah. he caught it. He caught it. Yeah. That's the bottom yeah. line. And he took it. He took it about forty yards afterwards too. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'm surprised we let Chris Jackson go. Uh, you know, obviously he wasn't anything to write home about. But I thought it was a guy that kind of at least progressed enough over his time here that could have at least trended in the direction of getting a fifth spot or like a rotational player, but he didn't have a great game at all. And that was, that was the end of that. And uh, you know, you're right. Depth at corner is not good. I, I think we might be okay. Cause some of the depth, not even starters, some of the depth also didn't play. Like, I mean, you could technically say, um, you know, right mm-hmm. now, like McCreary, oh, like, I'm or looking, yeah, Molden, Molden McCreary, right like they're going to be switching in and out a lot. I've, Fulton and Murphy Bunning, I think, are the only two guys that are going to get like 95% of the snaps uh, yeah. on defense. So, you know, I think we'll be okay. We have a solid four rotational guys, um, bearing none of them get hurt. God, hopefully they don't. But still, it, nothing to write home about. The effort was terrible defensively by everyone who played. And uh, it, it wasn't a Mike Vrabel type defense. He wasn't the coach. Doesn't matter. Still his team. Uh, and in that regard, as far as depth at defense, um, that would be the only thing that I think we sh- we could be complaining about and have a right to do so. The line, the middle linebackers as well. Um, Gibbons looked like he was just chasing a dog all day. Chase and, Campbell was all over the field, though. Well, hopefully it doesn't come to that because then yeah, I think I mean, we got real, then I think we got well, real problems. Well, Jared, well, Jared said he was going to make the team, so he's got to be he's got to be rooting for him to to yeah, do well. Chance Campbell was all over the field, so that was yeah, the only DB that that I'm looking at that I'm looking at right now for the stats for the defense. I mean, there is nobody that even sniffed the starters besides uh, Molden that played. Other than that, you're looking at three, uh, you know, third string guys or even guys from the practice squad. So I think this Vikings uh, game, you're going to see a lot more guys, you know, switching in and out like your Roger McCreary's, you know, bunting may get a, you know, one series to see just to, to get their feet wet, but uh, we'll see. Yeah. I, I, I Correct me if I'm wrong, unless he's, I didn't see much of McDowell. Did you guys see him at all? I think he got, um, I think he got banged up a little bit actually late in the game. Uh, okay, again, because I didn't watch the game live, so I saw everything in bits and pieces, but I didn't see him getting many reps. Chris <clears throat> Moore, obviously, there was a there was a early, it actually might have been the first play, yeah, uh, where Malik rolled yes. out and just fucking put a ball on the nose. Three guys in his grill running to his right across his body. I mean, like, I'm only saying this in the regards of. People who've done things like this, it was a very Mahomes. Don't even say throw. Patrick Mahomes. It, but you knew what I was going to say, so obviously it couldn't have been. I'm not saying he's him, obviously. Okay, I'm just saying, you know, uh, that's the kind of throw that he can make. You know, uh, what's his name? Is not making that throw? The guy we just let go. That was our backup for three years. That's on Atlanta now. What the hell's his fucking name? Mark Huh? Logan, Logan Woodside can never uh, ever make that throw. 
Wow. Okay, Joshua never Dobbs can never make that throw, and I thought he did really well for us in the last two games. Never thought we'd be getting a, a Logan Woodside <laughs> shout-out. No free shout-outs. Let's talk about the offense now for the first series. It was play action on the first on first down. When the hell did we Beautiful. ever see that? So yeah. exactly. So 2018. Things are, things are actually starting to take place. And, and you know, seeing it with Derrick Henry, there's gonna be less in the yeah. box. So it's gonna be good, man. Yeah. And he treated good. Malik Willis like a fucking quarterback. Oh my god, we've been waiting for it. we didn't see it at all last Six, year. Um 16 I mean, to 25 for 190. 190 yards. I mean, that's how that's how embarrassing our offense and quarterbacks have been when we're saying, "Whoa, we threw for 189!" Holy yep. shit! Compared to the 70 yards that he threw last year, dude. If <sighs> when Mariota threw 190, that was like he threw 470 for through four years. He was a starter, so um, it's just great to see. He's comfortable. He doesn't look terrified. He still has horrible blocking. Horrible. Um, and he's improving and he's, he had a great stat line with that one overthrown ball. So, um, you know, like I said to TD before we, we got cut off, it, it's, it's easily, I think the biggest storyline in the, in the off season right now is besides people coming here as the likes of Deandre, obviously, but as far as, you know, surprises, he, he's, you know, he's even surprised in Vrabel. I mean, Vrabel's openly giving the guy praise now when, you know, three months ago, it looked like he was not even going to be on the team come, come, uh, OTA. So uh, it, it's great. And every, everyone's been saying good problem to have, good problem to have. And I, I, I really I couldn't agree more. I think you two would also agree. Uh, I mean, sometimes I was just kind of thinking the opposite sometimes because sometimes teams put themselves in a precarious situation where, yeah, you want to have, you know, your backup and your third stringer all be able to play. But sometimes if you have too many quarterbacks, you don't have one, you know, and, and I'm worried that we traded a pickup to, Traded up in the second round to get Will Levis this year. Um, we took a quarterback in the third round next year. You know, hopefully one of them picks up and runs away with the job because if it has to be a battle where both guys you could kind of make an argument for, well, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one, in my opinion. Um, I know that's something to think about down the line and we're in win-now mode. But, you know, they can kind of handcuff themselves going forward, in my opinion, um, trying to figure out which of these two guys – is their guy going guy going forward after this year? Because we moved up to draft Levis, so if he isn't the guy, well, then you just trade it up and and wasted a second round pick on a kid that isn't going to be your starter. And then if you move on from Malik Willis, it's a third round pick from last year, albeit I know it was a different front office. But I don't know. Sometimes it, it's not frustrating, but it's something to think about, in my opinion, going forward. Because um, you don't want to have a quarterback carousel, in my opinion you know, life after Tannehill. So, yeah, I mean, listen, I think they're here. Here's the thing. I think the only, the only problem that they could run into, I think both of these guys are going to be perennial NFL starters. I genuinely do. Will Levis and Malik Willis, I think have the talent. If coached well with surrounding talent, like every other player in the world needs, they are both starting caliber players. I think the only issue that Tennessee could run into and regret is not picking the better of the two. Meaning, you know, Will Levis turns into, I'm just using this for example, like Will Levis turns into a Kirk Cousins and Malik Willis turns into, you know, a Jalen Hurts. You know, that would be the only problem that we run into. We decide to stick with Will Levis. We trade Malik for whatever assets we can obtain. And then Malik turns into Jalen Hurts for Seattle or wherever the hell he winds up. That, that would be the only thing that would be the issue. I still think Will Levis is going to be a guy we can depend on for a, an extended period of time, 
But again, we're, if we're talking about maybe a Kirk Cousins to a Jalen Hurts, obviously you would rather have Jalen Hurts over Kirk Cousins. And if we choose the wrong guy, that's what can, what can backfire on us. But, you know, obviously time will tell. And it's very unlikely we're going to get those answers this season, knock on wood, because we do want uh, Tannehill to be healthy for 17-plus games. Um, but I think they're both going to be – they're going to be okay, I think. I, I genuinely do. I mean, even Will was doing – he even though he was trying to emphasize his throwing motion sometimes, I mean, the guy is fluid as it gets. When you see him – switching those hips i mean you know he he looks like he was born to do it so um he's just got to put it all together he's got to everything needs to click in here which it doesn't always do in his career up to this point so you know we'll see but i think even jared said jared you were you were fairly impressed with with levis as well i mean you were on you were you were campaigning him to be the guy to back him up two weeks ago Two weeks ago, but like I said, moving forward, my, the biggest thing that probably shocked the hell out of both of you was Malik Willis uh, on Saturday. Surprised the hell out of me, commanding the huddle on the first drive, and um, that's what you need for growth, you know. And it was night and day, like I told Adam Rank, it's night and day. He took a major step, in my opinion, this off season, going to see a quarterback coach in Nashville, and um, you know, just made major strides. And maybe it's Tim Kelly, maybe it's Charles London, who knows? You know, that's that's helping him out, you know, progress his career. Um, but I just want to switch things up a little bit from the quarterback's position because the thing that bothers me the most is the linebacker's position, okay? We talked about it before. We talked it last about last week. That inside linebacker position with Monty Rice and Jack Gibbons, we asked um, Jim Wyatt last week, and he said, you know, Jack Gibbons reminds Mike Vrabel of himself, you know, a gritty kind of guy, undrafted kind of guy. To me, we have a championship defense. When you have that one spot that could be – you know, the nail biter that's going to, you know, make, not make the play. I, I think you need to sign a guy like Kyle Van Noy right now. Just like we have to talk about the kicking game with, with uh, Robbie Gold. Kyle Van Noy is still sitting out there, and so is Jayon Brown, ex-Titan. He was with the Las Vegas Raiders. If you pair him up they with Al Shire, yeah, he's a wow. free agent right now. Unless he's hurt, which I don't think so. If you pair Jayon Brown with Al Shire, I think that is a perfect linebacker. They're both fast, they both can cover, and they both can play the run. So right now, that inside linebacker position to me, and I know I know it's what you guys too, is a glaring need. And you can bring a guy in right now at training camp who's who's played in the defense, who's familiar with the defense, and um that's just that's just where my head is right now going into this. Just trying to improve this team more and more. That's I, I don't I don't see Monte Rice and Jack Gibbons and Chance Campbell starting for a Tennessee Titans defense with Al Shaheer, with Je- Jeffrey Simmons and Autry and Harold Landry and Arden Key. I, I just I can't see it. They they're just positional backups. They're young guys right now. You need proven guys for a championship defense if you want to take the reins and go to the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, I should. Listen, uh, we, we've said it a million times, you can't have too much pass rush. It's impossible. No. Um, but, you know, uh, another thing that I don't think should go unsaid is I still think we can make additions at wide receiver. I genuinely do. Like, <laughs> I, I I really it, – it's – people don't realize that I'm knocking on wood as I'm saying it. I'm not even going to utter the words, but the two guys that we're going to depend on to be one and two, that's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to go any further. You can connect those dots. I still think there's room for maybe an addition. And, and listen, they're all old veterans that are left, right? Um, you know, I'm a lunatic, and I'm and, and please, Shane, don't clip this because I'll get crucified for it. But you know, for shits and giggles, 
if you could somehow bring back Julio Jones for a million dollars this year, just oh, to see what we can, see what you can squeeze out of him. Just for a million, one point five, one point five. Absolutely not. Just for nope. the fucking red zone. Lo- Come on, just for the red zone. Nope. I'm I'm You're looking not. at the I'm looking at the um I'm looking at Nuts. the stats right not the stats but the the available free agent wide receivers, um AJ Green who I would actually I, I would bring in Jarvis Landry I would do Sammy Watkins over him just as a positional uh, as a rotational kind of guy but you guys are going to be surprised with Chris Moore man Chris Moore it's going to be it's going to be uh, DeAndre Hopkins Traylon Burks Chris Moore Kyle Phillips. Who knows? Reggie Robinson is making moves in camp right now. Everyone's talking about him every single day. So if he can be the other guy, who's that? Who's that sixth guy? That seventh guy that's going to be that's going to make the team? Are they done with NWI? Because I am, in my in my opinion, love the guy, no, but no. he's not a he is not a playmaker. And and Chris Moore is the NWI that we always wanted. He blocks, he catches, and he's a better wide receiver. Well, he needs to be so a little bit more aware of his surroundings because he got his freaking bell rung on that one oh, throw. For, thank God. Time, yeah, I know, I know. I don't know. I I don't think we're bringing in any receiver help unless we get an injury. If we do, his name will not be Julio Jones. Um, maybe a Jarvis Landry <clears throat> as a veteran presence, you know, to work in the slot. But I think they're entirely, not to use the word contempt, but pretty happy going into the season with Hopkins and Burks and Chris Moore. Yeah, we'll just bring every bring every fucking <laughs> player from the AFC South that's torched us over the years. Yeah, and then uh, I don't see NWI getting cut. They seem like they have a certain um, affection for him in that locker room. I know Vrabel does at least. I know it's a different front office, but for whatever reason, they do like him. You know, he's good for his uh, two times a year. He'll score two touchdowns in a game for a grand total of four touchdowns in a season. But um. You know, I don't see them bringing in any other receiver help. I think if I was them, I would focus more on getting this offensive line figured out and where all five players are going to play and where your depth lies because it can get ugly fast. And we, who are we to say can't when the last two years, that's exactly is what happened. Is it got ugly? Absolutely not. But if, if but if you rewatch the game, the first drive, the offensive line was not the problem. He had clean pockets. They pushed the pile. I went. Yeah. I I literally replayed the drive for the offensive line twice, just to see how how they were, and they were moving two yards. You know who's going to act? Is going to act as like a sixth um, offensive lineman for us. Is that tight end eighty seven a Dudike? I think his name is. He is a mauler up front. He yeah. played um next to uh Dillard, I think, and he made some really nice blocks. And you know, Mike Vrabel loves nothing more than a player who can block. So I think he's gonna be a player who's gonna make the team as probably a third tight end who's gonna get a lot of um action on game day um next to either tackle blocking. So yeah. But I don't think we're signing another receiver. I think we need to focus on the line. Like uh, Jared said, maybe finding a middle linebacker as well. To me, that's a glaring need. Um, but can we finally, before we finish, talk about the fact that let's stop playing games with the fucking kicking position. We've made moves in this offseason that are win-now moves. You go get DeAndre Hopkins. You draft a perennial uh, pro bowler offensive guard. You went all offensive linemen in free agency. You got Arden Key, who finished last year strong as hell. Uh, um, Aziz Al-Shayers looked great in camp, came on great last year for San Fran. You've made a lot of win-now type moves. 
So why are we still playing games with the kicking position when someone named Robbie Gold, who has been a reliable leg in this league for a long time, sit on the free agent list? Because Trey Wolf ain't going to be the guy. He missed a 41-yard field goal. That's all I need to see. You can't kick a 40-yarder in preseason. Kick rocks, kid. It's going to be Caleb Shudank or Shudunk or whatever his name is. And I'm tired of, of finding the kicker of the future when you're in win-now mode. Go get a Greg Zerloin. I think he might be out there. Go get who, – who's kickers, he? The, kick, the kickers that are out there, and sorry to apologize to Sal because he brought it up a couple weeks ago. Mason Crosby is still out there. Ryan Suckup, Robbie Gold. I'm not Mason say Crosby's out there? Yeah. Not on the Packers no more? They cut him? Uh, maybe he's a free agent. But as per sports track, those are the impending free agents. Well, I'll take Mason Crosby or Robbie Gold or anyone really over free agent. Crosby. Free agent. Yeah. And you know what? Crosby's 38 years old. Robbie Gold's 40. I didn't know that. I don't give a shit. Oh, you don't have to play. I, I know. I, I know. But I'm just saying. You I don't got to play. You ever hear Bill Cartel screaming? He don't got to play. He's just got to kick. Okay. We need a reliable way. Very true. Very true. And I'm tired of playing games with the kicking position. And, I, and I'm just over it. Uh, I'm over it. You know, you know what we'll do though? We'll bring back Sam Sloman, some some random oh, name like that. We'll, we'll we'll sign a kicker, but we just fucking kept Cairo Santos. Yeah, that guy is so good now. Yep, yep. And he, he was kept, good for uh, us. He was good for us. He missed about, like one about kick. Suck up? suck up was a reliable kicker for a long time. Mm. Super Bowl champion the Bucks. He, you know, I, I understood that release though, because at the end, after he got hurt and came back, he was all over the place. Yeah, F, beyond what, what 50, about the Vikings? What about the Vikings kicker? Who's the Vikings kicker? Um, Greg uh, Joseph. We had Greg Joseph too. Yeah, Greg Joseph. Greg Joseph. Well, like, yeah. yeah, he was our kicker when Suckup got hurt. We made the run to the title game. He was our kicker the end of the yeah. year. And there's then another think- guy I'm forgetting. I know who's been a starter for a team for like three years now that we had for fucking two minutes. I'm forgetting his name. But regardless, Mason well, Crosby, well, we're all on the same page with it because I'm done playing games with this position. Um, it's crucial. It's like crucial. I said, we, we should have been in the playoffs last year. Everybody laughs. You know, you want to talk about kickers, kickers, kickers. They should be abolished from the NFL and fantasy sports. Well, guess what? They're not, and they're very important. Listen, and nobody absolutely. wants to. Nobody wants to admit they need one until they need one. Yeah, because so. yeah, because when you're driving, sorry, Sal, but when you're mm-hmm. driving and, and you have to do a 50-yard field goal and, and settle for those three points or you have to go for it on fourth and eight in kind of no man's land, you're kind of screwed because if you don't get that and you you don't trust your kicker, you're you're leaving points off the board. Not only so that, you're you, you clearly missed that. You're missing you're messing with your, your kicker's psyche as well because yeah. if they feel yeah. as though they're not good enough or you're their coach doesn't have the confidence in them to put them on the field, it's a very mental game kicking. It's it's just about anyone who's in the NFL as a kicker can kick. The difference between the top ten percent and the bottom ten percent is is it's all up here. You know what I mean? So, uh, like I said, not to be redundant, I'm tired of playing games from this position. Please, please give us one of these veterans. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But I'm tired of you know we've made moves now that are win now moves, except for the kicking position when it's been a glaring need for us the last few years. So. I'm done talking about kickers. Go sign one. Rain Carthon, Robbie Gold, Mason Crosby. Please. please. Yeah, Mason, Cro- Mason Crosby last year went 25 out of 29. Um, 
his three of his four misses were 50 plus. So he went one for four over 50, but we don't typically even fucking go for it over 50 anyway. Oh, he's playing in he's playing in Green Bay. The the weather there is always going to be sketchy, especially later in the season. Whereas mm-hmm. in Nashville, you're you're gonna get you know favorable weather most of the time. Yeah. Your your two away games, um, two of your three three of your away games are all two of them are in a dome, Houston in a division. I'm talking about Houston and Indianapolis playing a dome. Jacksonville is a warm weather city. So the the kicking conditions for playing in Nashville and for our divisional opponents, those away games are much more favorable than having to play in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Yeah, and here's here's where the difference lies. He went six for seven from 40 to 49, which is our nightmare zone, right? Yeah, right. That's the zone where anytime there's an important kick that's made between 40 and 49. It's missed. He made that's six when you out of sit seven. back on the couch, you turn your hat back around, and yeah, you just pray. Yeah, thirty to thirty-nine, which is also a horrifying distance for our kickers. He went eight for eight, and he went ten for ten, uh, twenty to twenty-nine, which obviously uh, is considered a chip shot. But we've seen it happen on our end plenty of times. Kickers miss twenty-eight, twenty-nine yard field goals, so uh, he's automatic within fifty, pretty much. Uh, and that's all we can ask for right now. So uh, him, I'm not going to waste anyone's time looking up Gold's numbers. I'm sure it's, they're better than anyone we're looking at at the moment. Uh, just do it. I mean, it, it, it's worked best for us over the last decade getting guys that are already established rather than trying to establish guys. Every I good think, kicker I, we've had. I think they, I think they will. Because if you, if you look at Rabel's track record, they, they brought in Gaskowski. They got Randy Bullock. They're not yeah, going to go down gonna, the line. Yeah, they're they're gonna try to say, hey, do we find a Ryan Stonehouse for the kickers with these guys? If not, we're going to the streets. Yeah, I, I, I think I it's gonna take-, take until week three of preseason. Maybe they're gonna sign them all week three going into the Patriots week. Uh, yeah, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, but it, it's something that needs to be addressed. Absolutely, I, I don't I don't want to see a guy like that an important week one kick like I had to witness live last year. So, um, we'll see how it turns out, but. Anyway, guys, we're going to wrap up for tonight. Uh, As always, make sure you like, follow, subscribe, share the show. Um, Like I said earlier, we were supposed to have Teron Davenport on tonight, unfortunately, due to where he is and the connection. We weren't able to get him on, but uh, we got a great relationship with him. I'm sure we'll be able to touch base and and reschedule so uh, we can talk Titans with him. Um, Obviously, you know, we love having him on, so we'll get that all fixed away. uh, after the show but um yeah so uh like i said make sure you share the show guys comment we got more stuff coming on the horizon the season's gonna be here any minute now a few short couple preseason games left that we're on in new orleans so um as always guys i hope you have a great night great day great week and as always tighten up shane and that's a wrap hope you don't miss us too much until next time follow the sick podcast talking titans on youtube Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.